Amen. Thank you, folks. Evening, church. Good to see you. Good to see Pastor and his family back. Praise the Lord. It's not too late to get up here, Pastor. And <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. It is good to see see you, Pastor. And um, thank you to everyone who's helped with the dinners tonight. And I trust that you had a good good meal. We're going to turn in our Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter six. And uh, it's a little bit of a different message. This evening, um, it may not be necessarily relevant to you right now, but it may be something that can help down the track. Um, I know, particularly for some of our young people, this might be a little bit of a help uh, constantly. Uh, but I hope this is a, a blessing and a and a help nonetheless this evening. So, Galatians six. Uh, I might just start with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll jump in here and have a look at something. So, if you just bow your heads with me, we'll uh, we'll pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again uh, that you are a good God. And uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, your salvation that you have given to us freely, Lord God. Uh, thank you, Father, for this church, uh, for building this body and uh, for adding us to it, Lord, and, and uh, for giving us an opportunity to love you back and to serve you. And uh, Father, we just ask that you'd help us now to uh, turn, turn our attention to your word, Lord. Uh, pray, Lord, that you would help me to... Um, be clear this evening. Help me to, uh, to give out what you have shown me, Lord God, and helped me with. And I uh, pray that it be a blessing and, and uh, help the church tonight, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would uh, be glorified this evening with all that takes place and everything that is said. And uh, Father, we thank you that we can gather together and later on pray for and with one another, Lord God. Uh, I pray that you would use this time greatly for your glory. We thank you and we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, I've been thinking uh, lately, there's a word that comes up and has come up in the last few years uh, pretty commonly. It's been very overused and probably misused, and uh, that word is random. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've probably used it. Uh, if you have young people in your house, you've probably heard it a lot as well. Uh, but it's, it's used in the context I've seen. Uh, people will just say it anytime. You might look outside and go, Oh, look, there's a bird in the tree. That's pretty random. Uh, no, that's not random at all. Uh, but that's, that's how we've come to use that word random. Oh, I saw this random person the other day. Well, if you don't know them, then everyone is kind of, you know, just a person. They're not random. They're just a person. Um, but it's something that, you know, we use and misuse. But a tree, a bird in a tree, a tree in a bird, a, tr a bird in a tree is not random uh, because it's been, it's been taught, it's instinct, it's, it's a pattern that it follows. Um, and so are most things in our lives, they're patterns. Uh, we follow patterns. And uh, we can follow patterns, we can follow good patterns and bad patterns. Um, but particularly in the lives of people, choices that we make come from patterns. And uh, that's very important for us to remember and to continue to remember. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is, is following patterns. Um, but not necessarily good ones, and you'll see what I mean in a sec. Um, so there's patterns everywhere, and one, one thing I like to joke with my wife about is when she might be watching a, you know, a chick flick of sorts, see, she already knows what I'm going to say, um, I, will, I will interject all the time, oh, gee, I wonder if this person's going to have a fight with this person and then maybe later on get together and all be happy in the end. And she's like, shut up, stop ruining it for me. But... You know, you've seen enough chick flicks to know that this is the pattern that they, that they follow. It's like this, 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 and then happy ending uh, all in the end. Um, and that's, you know, something funny we can look at. But there's lots of patterns in the Bible as well. Um, and one of God's big patterns, you can probably call it a principle, 
as well is here in Galatians, Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse number 7 and 8, we'll read. Uh, it says this, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, flesh shall, reap, shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now, I, I would say sowing and reaping is a pattern. It's a principle. It's something that God has put in place. We can follow it and we can also receive the benefits of that. We can receive the blessings of that. Uh, but it's not only good things that you can sow and reap. Uh, you can sow, like it says here, unto corruption. Um, and that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight is we can follow the patterns in, in other people's lives and see what corruption comes out. And sometimes that helps us uh, to remember to follow the good patterns as well. Um, so I just want to, uh, I guess, help us to remember that Satan does this very thing. He, he identifies patterns in people. Uh, he identifies patterns in human beings, uh, how we react to things, and he will use that against us. Uh, he will see, okay, that person, you know, if we're talking about unforgiveness, uh, unforgiveness reaps, you know, bitterness. Well, he, he might try and use that. So we fall into that pattern of, no, I'm not going to forgive someone. Uh, and then we end up reaping, uh, reaping bitterness. And 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And we really need to remember how he works uh, so we don't get caught off guard by him taking advantage of things like this as well. Um, so if you mapped out unforgiveness, you would see that usually it does end up in bitterness, and that's a pattern of sorts in itself. So Satan, that which we know, is, is very observant. He's very sneaky, he's, he's very cunning, um, but he does watch and he does, he does uh, consider and he does diligently look and, uh, you know, he's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Um, and I, I want to say to us tonight and to myself that we need to be observant as well. I'm not saying we need to be like Satan, but we do need to be observant and, and pick out some things and diligently consider uh, some things in the lives of people around us. Uh, why? Uh, because we're not always going to be on the mountaintop in the Christian life. It's not always going to be, you know, the start of the year and things seem to be going well at the start of the year, but things might go up and down a little bit. We might, that's what I said before. This may not be for right now for you. It may be later on when you're not in a great place, spiritually speaking perhaps, um, and you're looking around you and thinking, some other people have things better than me. Some, some non-Christian people have, have life that it's better than my life. And you might be looking at uh, things in their lives and, and assessing it against yours and, and we can have some faulty thinking going on there. Um, so we're not always going to be on the, on the mountaintop. Um, and that's why Psalm 37.1 says this. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Um, so we're going to look at other people around us. It may be a co-worker, it may be an unsaved family member or a friend and think, why do they have that and I don't? I'm the Christian and I'm supposed to have this and this and this and I'm supposed to have what the Bible says here and maybe I don't have it now and I'm looking there and I'm being envious of what they have, uh, of who they are, uh, what they get away with, uh, these kinds of things. And it's not as simple as it seems uh, there's, there's some patterns happening here and maybe we haven't seen the result of some patterns. So uh, Romans 16, 17 says this, 
to mark them which are contrary to God's doctrine, contrary to God's ways. And uh, I, I guess I would liken that. Um, we all know people who are not following God's doctrine, who are not following God's ways. And the Bible here says to mark them. And I think, think of a, like a marine biologist who would mark like a turtle or something like that uh, to observe uh, its life, to observe its, its growth and uh, where it goes and what it does and its patterns of how it operates and things like that. Um, you would put a mark on something or a mark on someone or you see you know, a cross on a tree that's marked so that's the one that's supposed to get um, cut down or something like that. We're supposed to mark the people who are, I guess you could say, ungodly and observe some things in their lives. It also says to avoid them, uh, to, not, to not be like them. Uh, but you also, we know that we see so many people that are ungodly in our everyday life that we're not necessarily going out looking for it but we're observing it all the time and we can learn something from that. And that's really my premise tonight is that we can always learn from everyone around us. Uh, I said on Sunday, you know, we can learn from a five-year-old child, but we can also learn from the ungodly. And uh, I guess I would, I would uh, stress this point that we don't do that in a way where we're trying to judge other people. Uh, we certainly don't do it in a way where we're trying to make ourselves superior uh, to anyone else, but we all can observe and, and learn things from other people's lives, other people's patterns, where, where their uh, lives uh, end up or where their decisions lead them to. Um, we can certainly learn from people's mistakes. We learn from our own mistakes. And that's really what I'm getting at tonight is uh, learning where the ungodly's desires and values and interests will take them and therefore that can help us go, okay, actually I, 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 I'm not like them and my end is not the same as theirs and uh, how it affects them, how it affects the people around them. Um, so it can solidify in our hearts what's right when we observe the contrary. Um, when, we, when we observe mistakes in people's lives, even in our own lives, it can help us solidify what we know to be right, what we know we're supposed to be following. Um, and that's, that's always going to be a help to us. So if you can turn it to Psalm 37 for me, we'll have a look at a verse here. Psalm 37. Uh, there's a verse here that kind of, I guess it tells us what to do when we identify the ungodly or the wicked, and uh, we might have that mindset uh, that they have something we don't have. Uh, verse number 10 in Psalm 37 says this, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. So we might identify people around us uh, that are, we, you know, the Bible says the wicked, we can say ungodly, uh, not saved, whatever word you want to use there, but it's talking about someone who's not following uh, God's doctrines and God's ways. And it says we should diligently consider his place. Uh, and the, the word diligently consider is talking about separate mentally. It's talking about uh, to be taught or to view, to understand, and I'd use the word observe. Um, we're supposed to do that. And when I, when I think about diligently considering, I can't, I've got three things out of this that it kind of requires. And the first one is this. It requires mental engagement. Um, and what I mean by that is learning from things that aren't necessarily in a book or learning 
from, from people uh, when it's not, uh, quote-unquote, time to learn. It's time to sit down in a church service or sit down in a classroom or, you know, uh, a parent sitting a, a child down saying, I'm going to teach you something now. Uh, we, can, we have to mentally engage that we can, we can always be learning. We can always be learning good, but we can always be learning from the things that are not good. Uh, we should be switched on learning all the time. Uh, it should be second nature to us. And sometimes I think, and, and I do this all the time, like, ah, oh, I don't have, to, don't have to think about that now, I don't have to worry about that now because it's not time to learn. But as Christians, we really should always be time to learn. Time to learn from what's good, time to learn what, from what's not so good. Uh, so be ready to learn and don't, don't believe that you can only learn things when it's time to learn. Um, also learning from people other than your peers, as in other than people your own age or just the circle that you get around. Um, like I said, you know, I, I learn a lot from my kids um, from when they're good and when they're not so good. I, I can learn a lot from them and I can see things. Uh, that that's what the Bible's talking about there. Uh, that's that principle that God put in his word there. I just saw that in my, in my daughter there or, you know, whoever it is. It might be someone older that you can now see some things come out in their life and it's, it's actually uh, the fruit has now come out. Uh, there might be some patterns along the way, but then the fruit has been revealed that, oh, okay, that's what that leads to. And you'll always find those things in the Word of God. They will always match up uh, because God knows every, every principle, every good and bad thing that there is. But we, we need to diligently consider that we're always learning. Uh, the second thing that it requires is ongoing observation. And uh, we, we read in Galatians 6 uh, about sowing and reaping, one of God's patterns or principles. It takes time. It's not, it's not just instant. Uh, we live in this instant world where, you know, you can pretty much find anything, anywhere, anytime, uh, at the drop of a hat. But sowing and reaping uh, takes time. Observing people over a period of time is, is valuable. Um, if you think about, you know, the people in your life and you look at from when you first met them to where they are now, I'm sure that you've observed a lot of things over that time. But if you just took a six-month window, you probably wouldn't observe a whole lot of things. Um, you can see the growth of something or you can see the decline in someone over a long period of time. So we need to remember that when we're learning from the people around us, and I'm talking about the ungodly here, that sometimes things do take time for us to identify. Um, it's not always just going to be instant. Oh, yeah, I got that straight away. And I think... Our society is kind of pushing us to expect that a lot now, that all our answers and results will just come straight away. Um, but like we saw, sowing and reaping, it, it does take time a lot of the time. Uh, thinking past just today, uh, looking at the, the choices people make and what patterns they end up revealing themselves in as well. And the, and the third one here is that diligently considering uh, requires correct interpretation. Because we can observe a whole lot of things. You could say, like, you could observe a whole lot of data. Uh, if we're talking, like, the person observing a turtle's life or whatever, uh, you can have a whole lot of information, but if you don't know how to interpret that, then it can almost be useless. It, you can be, like, just where you started, not knowing anything. Uh, so it requires correct interpretation. So when you're observing the, people, the lives of the people around you and maybe sometimes thinking that they have it better than you, you have to understand what you're looking at. You have to understand what's coming out and what it's revealing itself in. So I'll just get you to flick over uh, the last place we'll turn tonight, Psalm 73. 
is an interesting psalm. Um, the, the prophet here is, uh, I guess he's doing exactly what I'm talking about tonight, is he's looking at the people around him, looking at the ungodly and saying, they have everything and why am I bothering with what I'm doing? He's looking at the, the people around him and, and just thinking, well, what's the point of doing right because the ungodly prosper in everything that they do? Um, and that's where ongoing observation really does help, seeing that things will reveal itself over a long period of time. But correct interpretation, we need to understand what we're observing. And if you have a look in verse 12 and 13, uh, he says this, he says, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. And notice what his, what his values are, or what he's looking at right now, prospering in the world and increasing in riches. Uh, probably not in the best spiritual place, which we can probably all um, identify with. And verse 13 says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. He's saying that it just seems that the ungodly are doing fine, they're getting rich, they're prospering, and everything that I've done that's supposed to be right, it's, it's not, what's the point of that? I've done it all in vain. It's, 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 not, meaning, it's not meaningful. It's not getting me anywhere. It's not doing anything. Um, and we might not say words like him, but we might say things like, why should I forgive? Uh, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change any of the outcomes. Uh, people will still you know, do something against me. What, what's the point in, in being the better person? Uh, what's the point in giving my money uh, to God? Uh, all these other people around me, they, they, give their, they don't give their money to God and they seem to be doing fine financially. Um, and I say all this because sometimes we can find ourselves thinking like this. It may not be you know, permanently, but it may be occasionally, maybe sometimes. I remember a couple of years ago I was driving to our church um, on a Sunday morning and I saw a family walking uh, like with their kids in the park and just for a split second I just thought, hmm, it'd be nice to have a Sunday morning where you could, you know, a Sunday where you could just do whatever. Like, why don't, why don't we have that? Like, that was just, and I, I don't even know where that thought came from. But that was my thought. I'm like, hang on, what, what am I talking about? But I found myself thinking that and sometimes we can even like continue to dwell on that thought and get to a place where this where we see in Psalm 73 here is like, why am I doing all this when they're not worrying about what I'm worrying about and they get all this good stuff uh, and they're getting away with, with all these things. So it's a little bit of a faulty mindset, but um, sometimes you don't even realise you're in that mindset when you are. So he's saying here, what am I, why do I bother? Why do I bother doing what's right? And uh, I would say that what he's doing here, which we can do, is the opposite of diligently considering. Uh, and I would say that the opposite of diligently considering is being ignorant, which is what he admits himself in this very uh, psalm. In verse 22, if you just have a look over in verse 22, uh, he admits later on, he says, So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Uh, and he's saying, you know, I interpreted everything all wrong. I saw all this stuff and I interpreted the data wrong. <laughs> I interpreted what I was observing in the lives of these ungodly people, I interpreted it wrong. I thought they were like increasing and they were having all this good stuff and it was bettering their life, but it wasn't exactly what I was seeing. I was interpreting it wrong. I was, I was, I was ignorant and he admits that himself. And if you, have, if you just have a look in, uh, flick back to verse 17, 
he says this, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. And he, he came into contact with God and he came into contact with truth, I would say, and it helped put all things into perspective for him. It helped him to see, hang on a minute, there's an end to, to what their, their lives are writing right now. Uh, there's a pattern and that pattern has an end and I'm not seeing the end of that. I'm not considering that this is all leading and culminating to, to something else. Um, and that probably also helps him to go, hang on a minute, God's also got an end for the Christian. God's also got patterns set up and sowing and reaping set up for people that follow his ways. And uh, it, pro- it helped him put things into perspective. So he, he, he interpreted that uh, what he was seeing, what he was observing in the people's lives around him correctly by coming into contact with God and getting a right perspective of things and then went, ah, hang on a minute, they're, they're probably sowing and reaping unto corruption and they're still writing their, their pattern that hasn't come out yet, hasn't come to fruition yet and I haven't, haven't seen the end of that yet. I'm assuming some things. And uh, I guess I would say there's probably two types of ignorance. Uh, one is not knowing, the ignorance of just, I just do not know and I never bothered to look. Uh, not knowing how Satan uses um, his devices against us. I never bothered to look into the word and find out how he tries to get us off track. There's the ignorance of not knowing. But there's also the ignorance of assumption, that you look at something and you assume it's something but it's not. And you can get it wrong. You can get it very wrong. And you can get into the mindset of thinking, well, the ungodly are increasing. The ungodly are prospering. And what am I doing? Why am I sitting? Why am I driving to church on a Sunday morning and not having fun with my family? Well, that's, that's interpreting it all wrong. That's assuming that they do have it all beautiful and, and increasing and all that. But they're sowing and reaping unto life and they're sowing and reaping unto corruption. And like I said, we're not... I'm not encouraging us as a church to, to go, okay, from here tonight, I'm going to look at all the unsaved people in my lives and just, like, you know, scrutinise them. That's not, what I'm t- that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we should be trying to learn all the time and sometimes we might think that someone does have it better than us and they're not a Christian and why are they and comparing ourselves and you've got to, you can't do that. You have to diligently consider that there's patterns and they're going to lead to something and we can learn from that. Uh, it really does... When, when, I see, when I see a mistake, and it may be in my life or someone else's life, it helps you to think about what the right thing is from that mistake. And that's what I'm talking about, is you're going to see mistakes. You're not always looking for them, but then it helps you to solidify, ah, that's why I should... So you might see, you know, some kind of accident, a car accident or something, and someone didn't have a seatbelt. Ah, that's why I should wear a seatbelt. And that's what I'm talking about. You might see things in the lives of people around you and it makes you go, ah, that's why God said do this. That's why God said, you know, whatever the principle is. And it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be learning all the time from the people around us. Um, and it helps us to remember that God doesn't lie that he always delivers. He always, uh, when he promises something, he delivers that. Uh, when he says that, you know, we sow and reap, that that's correct, that's true, and we see that outworking in the people around us, in Christians and non-Christians. So it should just help us to um, take hold of that too and, and to continue to have faith and trust in God that, you know what, 
they might look like they have a lot of money right now and not struggling financially, but God said that he's going to supply what I need and, he's, he's, and he already has. Working in truth, looking at what is true, not just assuming some things, um, that's really going to help. Well, it definitely helps me when I, when I look at these things to go, ah, you know what? Yeah, I've got to remind myself, God doesn't lie. <laughs> these things are true. Um, so I want to encourage you to take the time to, to make sure that we're continually learning from people, uh, young and old, and I take time to diligently consider these things. Uh, obviously, consider the, the lives of the Christians around you as well. Um, but I guess this is really for maybe a time where you're questioning things of the nature of God, questioning, you know, is, is, do these things work? Does the things that God's put in here, does it work? Well, it does. Uh, he's a great God and he always delivers what he promises. So I hope that's a, that's a help tonight. Um, I might pray and then, Pastor, if you want to come up. All right. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you are good to us, Lord. Thank you that you do promise and you do deliver. Thank you, Lord, that we have opportunity to learn uh, a lot from the people around us. And uh, we just thank you that uh, we can trust in you, Lord, and that you provide for us, Lord. Uh, thank you, Father, for helping us to be here tonight. And uh, we do pray that you continue to be with us for the rest of the evening and the rest of this week. And we do ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.